Welcome to Real Life Christianity with Deacon John Lozano. This podcast is about real life and living it in the light of the gospel. Real things, everyday things, relationships at home and work, real issues that the world presents every day. The complexities, difficulties, joys and aspirations of being human. Deacon John is a real guy. A deacon, but also a husband, a dad, a businessman, as well as an experienced counselor, educator, and author. And Deacon John invites us to come as you are as he brings the transformative power of the gospel down from the clouds to real life, your life. Greetings. Deacon John here, Real Life Christianity. The following message I gave this past weekend is on a pivotal passage in the Gospel of Mark. Here Jesus asks, not what others think, but you. Who do you say that I am? In the whole gospel, this is the singular most important question. It's the most important question in life, and certainly in faith. Because how we answer that really determines everything. This gospel is also about discipleship and reveals an aspect, a dimension of discipleship a way of understanding it that can be very, very helpful and liberating for us who are on the journey of following Jesus. You see, many of us see ourselves uh, and our faith, uh, our discipleship, in fairly negative and discouraging terms. We are often quite aware of our limitations and struggles in the life of faith. We see how we have doubts, and our faith isn't always strong, how we're not always charitable, loving. We see other people of faith and think they are more together. They have more joy and peace than I do. Essentially, we have a pretty low self-image that can lead to discouragement and even a pulling back. We say to ourselves, I've tried. I'm not too good at this Christian faith and this journey stuff, this discipleship stuff. The perspective this gospel gives can be very encouraging and insightful. I was struck with the response to this message from uh, many people. Uh, One even came up to me with tears in her eyes on how this message addressed the very struggle that she's been going through for a long time, the struggle I just talked about, and how it really helped her. I hope this message helps you. I hope there is a grace for you here as well. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, 
he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, you are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly, be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and to be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this, he turned around, looking at his disciples, and rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's Gospel is a turning point in the Gospel of Mark. And it's one that's filled with great intensity. Jesus asks, well, who do people say I am? And they say prophets, John the Baptist. I guess if we ask that question today, people would say, oh, he's a great guy, amazing ethical teacher. What a way of life, you know, if we all did that. However, in this gospel, for the first time, he turns to his disciples and says, who do you say that I am? Who do you? There's a pause. And Peter says, you are the Christ. Now it's said. Now it's out there. Now it's revealed who Jesus truly is. And that's the turning point. However, it's only partially understood. For then Jesus reveals his passion and his death. And G Peter <laughs> takes Jesus aside and rebukes him. It's the word that's used for exercising someone from an evil spirit. He rebukes Jesus in that way. And then Jesus turns and rebukes Peter in that way. This is very intense, very strong language. 
much going on. Why? Why is this so heated? I think for Peter, it's first is like, boy, if you love someone, you don't want to hear that. He's seen people die on a cross. And the other reason is, that's not what Peter understands. It's not what anyone understands. They want a political Messiah who will set everything right in God and will be utterly successful. And then for Jesus, what's going on there? Well, when he heard Peter's words, he must have thought, I'd been there before. I'd been there before. I was in the desert for 40 days, and the devil tempted me. And what did he tempt me with? This very thing. Be a success. Be a political marvel. And in his humanity, Jesus must have been severely tested. But he said, no. He's not going to hear that again. And I also think for Jesus, when he looked at Peter, he must have thought, Peter, you must get this. You must get this. See, Peter was given really an extraordinary supernatural grace. Friends, faith is a supernatural grace given. To see Jesus as the Christ doesn't happen on our own speed or ability. It happens from the grace of God. But he didn't fully see Jesus. He didn't fully see. See, to understand this gospel, you need to look at what preceded it in Mark, because they put them together for a reason. And directly before this gospel, we have Jesus healing a blind man. And this is the one where he takes the blind man aside, puts spit on his fingers and touches the man's eyes and says, well, can you see now? And the blind man says, well, no, I, well, kind of. I see vaguely. I, I see people moving about, but it's like trees. And so Jesus lays his hands on him again to pray for his healing and says, can you see? And he opens his eyes and he can see. See, the thing is, this is the only miracle that Jesus does in stages. Why? I mean, if he's God and he heals, why couldn't, why was it once enough? <laughs> because to see who Jesus is, it's a gradual process. This healing of the blind man symbolizes the process we go through in grasping and identifying who Jesus truly is, really is. See, Peter, he only sees partially. He's kind of semi-blind. 
And it takes him time to see. Peter's faith is developed in stages. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that very consoling. (laughs) Because my faith is developing in stages. I don't get it all. But I'm kind of getting it. There's a lot of good news here. See, our faith develops this way. And friends, then that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. That we don't get it all. But that we are getting it and getting it and getting it. I mean, you know what life is like in faith. I mean, you know, one day you feel close to God and the next day you feel like God is so distant. You struggle with your faith. One day you're doing good things for others and God's working through you and then the next day you, you just fail. You offend somebody. You're not charitable and you know it. You know, one day you have real amazing spiritual insight and you're getting this. You're getting it. Next day, you're confused, and you just have a lot of questions about your faith. You read a gospel like today who says, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You must lose your life for my sake in order to save it. You know, you read that, and you're intimidated. (laughs) get a little scared. And maybe you just want to pull back from this journey of faith, from this Jesus a bit. Lose my life. How do you answer the question if Jesus asked, who do you, who do I say Jesus is? It's quite a question. Who do I really say Jesus is? I don't know, would you say Jesus is Lord? Lord of your whole life? Well, some of it, a lot of it, but honestly, not all of it. Not this part or this part. It's mine. You say Jesus is your savior? Yeah, he saved me from sin. He's forgiven my sin. But are we not also saving ourselves? We're making it right. We're carving our way ourselves. Is he really my savior? Oh. You see, friends, if you keep walking this journey of discipleship, which Peter is invited to do, along the way, you two and me will get that grace, that supernatural grace. It'll come if you're open. And then you could say, yes, Lord, yes, I surrender to you. Yes, you are the one who saves me from all things.
That's the team we're on together. That's our journey. You know, uh, what's so amazing in this gospel is that when Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, it's a discipleship term. Peter, physically, get behind me. That's what disciples do. They walk behind their master. He's saying, Peter, you don't fully get it, so get behind me and keep walking. Keep following me, and you'll get it. And he does. And the best good news is that Jesus never gives up on Peter. And he never gives up on you. And he never gave up on me. And if we keep following him on this road of disciple with our partial sight, we will one day see Jesus as Jesus is. The risen and crucified one. And we'll come to know the joy and the life he gives us. thank you for listening and for sharing the good news with Deacon John, who asks you to come back often and support him by subscribing, by rating the site, and please share our site with others in your circle.